911, what's your emergency? Um, oh, this, this car, an SUV, it, 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 was, it was going across, it went around, it went around the barrier and, and the train. Oh, God. Ma'am, did a train hit an SUV? Is that what happened? Yes, it's, the train is still going. The train is going and the car, I can't believe it. You can't judge the speed of an approaching train. That's why the signals are there. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey there, it's Rachel Mullins, the host of Hashtag No Filter Fridays on Public House Media. Hey everyone, you're listening to Stories from Planet Earth, and this week we have on Claire. Hi everyone, thank you for having me, Selena, on your uh, weekly episodes. Yeah, thank you so much for taking some time to hop on the podcast and chat for a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited, looking forward to our um, little chat. Yeah, so... I always start out with asking where my guests are originally from and where they're currently based. So I am uh, bicultural. I am from, I'm French and American. So my mother is French, my father's American. Um, And I lived in both um, countries. So I was born in the US uh, in Washington state, then moved to France when I was like seven. Um, Then I went back uh, for my bachelor's degree, uh, and that's where we met um, in Colorado. And then back to France uh, for my master's degree, and then I spent some time in Brussels uh, working, um, had some experience in Uganda for just a very short time. It was like a mission. Um, And then I was in Thailand, uh, and now I'm based in Myanmar, uh, but because of the COVID, I'm in France at this uh, time, and I'm hoping to get back there pretty soon. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm from and where I'm based now in Myanmar. Um, it was also called before Burma, so it's kind of confusing, but, um, I guess like sometimes some people ask me, where's, where's Myanmar? Um, so maybe you're more familiar with Burma or, but yeah, that's where I am. Cool. I had no idea you were born in the United States. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess it's like, I, I lived in France since like, well, uh, seven to like 17 or 18. So maybe I got like a French accent and then people just assume that I'm mostly French. Um, but yeah, I was born in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, okay. So growing up, did you learn both English and French along, along the way? Yeah. Yeah. So my mom would speak to me in French a lot and, um, like when we were living in the U.S., she was always like recording videos to send to her family back in France. Um, and we would speak in French and my dad would speak uh, a bit more in English. Um, but then when I was living in France, I kind of spoke less English because like in France, uh, you know, like you have to be quite French to fit in. So I just like kind of switch more to uh, French like 80 percent of the time and then English sometimes. 
Interesting. And do you just speak English and French or do you speak any other languages too? I speak uh, Spanish, um, but I kind of like, I've not, I haven't been practicing very much because I'm in Southeast Asia now. So um, I don't meet that many um, Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I learned Spanish in, uh, in high school and then I studied abroad in Spain for a semester. Um, and I just like to, I love the language, so it, it helps a bit, but I should practice more. Yeah. Well, you've got two languages on me. I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not enough to, um, speak like in adult, you know, conversations. I can get to and from places with my Spanish, but I'm not advanced. Yeah. Well, I guess if you ever go um, a bit longer time in a place where Spanish is the main language, uh, you can learn pretty fast. I always think if you like a language, it's quite easy to to pick up. Yeah, I definitely want to do that at some point. I spent a month in Puerto Rico in August of last year, um, and I picked up quite a bit, but I, I would definitely like to do that for an extended period of time at some point. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you have family in in Puerto Rico? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, That's where my family's originally from. And I had a great aunt and uncle that we stayed with while we went went to Puerto Rico. That's really cool. I like really like to visit. I I feel like it's a really nice. uh, There's really nice landscapes and uh, yeah, yeah. cool atmosphere. So yeah, it's a great island. You should definitely go sometime. All right, so you have lived in quite a few places. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could say I have a favorite. I really liked, uh, well, I love Southeast Asia um, because I just really love like people there um, and the landscapes, like they're just really beautiful places. Um, when I was in Thailand, I was living in Chiang Mai, so it's really like north of Thailand and it's actually not too far from Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like super nice cause, um, I could just go, um, like you would take a scooter and you were like 20 minutes away from really nice, uh, landscapes and like waterfalls and, um, there was climbing and there's all those kind of things. And Chiang Mai was quite small as a city. So like, it was really nice. There was like quite a good ratio of expats to uh, actual uh, local Thai people. Um, and yeah, it was really nice. But I really love Myanmar also. Uh, it's a bit less, like if you look on the economic development, it's a bit less developed than uh, Thailand. So it's less like focus on like tourism. Um, so there's more like natural spaces, uh, I guess like there's um, areas that are by the beach and they're really beautiful, but a bit more uh, natural and less crowded than in some places in Thailand, which is also really, really cool. Yeah, that does sound really cool. Uh, what brought you out there in the first place? Um, so I, I work in uh, development um, and I'm, I'm more focused on like microeconomic uh, development. So like when I was in, I've been working for um, INGOs in Brussels, I was working for INGO. And then um, in Thailand, I was working in a research unit. Uh, That's when I started working, focusing more on public health. Um, So there is working on HIV. And now in Myanmar, I'm also working in an INGO. 
uh, in public health, but uh, I focus more on non-communicable diseases. Um, so all of the non-infectious diseases like diabetes, cancer, uh, cardiovascular diseases, and also um, mental health. Very cool. So growing up multicultural, was it ingrained in you at, at a young age to kind of be kind constantly traveling and experiencing new parts of the world? Yeah, well, I... Uh, Part of that, like part of being multicultural contributed to that, but also I grew up in an environment that was quite progressive. Like um, my, my parents are quite open and, and they always like, even starting at kindergarten, they put me in a, in a school that was uh, very progressive. So like we would always celebrate all of the um, cultural or religious events from uh, different, different religions or different cultures, um, you know, learn about, like what's going on kind of in the world like you know for like adapted for um kids in kindergarten of course um but so I've always yeah been really curious about those kind of like differences uh in the world and and just different um qualities of life like why do people have yeah different uh qualities of life um and yeah that's kind of um I was always curious about that. I was like, I was surrounded with a lot of uh, friends from different uh, cultures. And um, so I just, I just, that like triggered my interest to learn a bit more about um, differences and, and diversity. And also um, I've always been kind of like a question that I've asked since I was like younger was, you know, why, so why are there so many like inequalities in the world and uh, you know, what can person like me do to kind of like contribute to a, a better world or reducing those um, inequalities. And uh, so then I started by, I, I studied development or economics and international development in college. And then I just knew that that's kind of the path that uh, I want to take. Yeah, that's really awesome. So in that traveling so much you've gotten to witness a lot of those disparities firsthand what has that been like it's been um it's been sometimes it's 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 difficult uh to see like to realize uh about actually your own like privilege and these kind of inequalities um that you know some people don't have uh access to basic like human rights like uh just having clean water or um having a roof on top of their head or uh just like having the right to be healthy and educated i think um which are just two huge things like health and education i think like um i always love this quote from amartya sen is like if if you don't have a healthy and educated population you cannot grow a country and i think it's so true um so it's just kind of difficult to see sometimes that you know you can have access to those or it's like this inequal uh, opportunity of chances just depending on the place you were born in um but also on the other hand i've I've also seen like i guess in in Myanmar you see a lot of people who don't have very much um but they're just very happy and um I recently went uh trekking through the shan region it's uh it's a bit more um north of Myanmar and it's a very beautiful region but it's like a region where there's uh, ethnic minorities and so it's uh, less like developed than like the bigger city where I'm based in, 
Um, and we went trekking and stayed at some people's home and, and they're just so giving and they, you know, they seem quite happy uh, with the way they have and, and by having like less, which is all, which like having less is sometimes seen as like negative thing. But um, I think that in some cases it's not, uh, it's not that negative. Like some, some people are a lot happier with, uh, with less things and then, um, so yeah, it's been kind of like mixed. Um, there's both aspects, um, for sure. Yeah. That is interesting that you bring up the point of some individuals who have less seem to be the happiest. I, I saw this documentary once, I think it might be called the happiness project. I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that, but, um, it basically talks just about that, about how a lot of the time people in the West um, or more developed countries can kind of be on this constant grind of growing and doing more, doing the next thing. And this documentary kind of talks about how in less developed countries, there's this slow living kind of approach to things. And yeah, they might have some economic disparities. And of course there are those limitations, but it's also kind of a, a part of that culture to be happy and to be grateful with what they do have. So I think it's interesting to kind of think about the differences in just perspectives of life between um, these two worlds. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think that sometimes just having so much and always wanting more, it just kind of consumes the mind and, and it doesn't... Um, promote like happiness or but it's really hard to again like to I always think in terms of like indicators or whatever because with the economics background but like it's hard to measure happiness I guess um mm -hmm. but yeah I think I mean it's really interesting like to see that um and uh I think that you know like that like I said earlier the two important topics like health and, and education those are really important and um but yeah, it's uh, it is really interesting, like the differences in the way we we view like happiness in the like West or uh, in more um, uh, the non-Western countries. I guess um, I actually bought two like two books recently, or I haven't started them, but like one was like happiness from like more like Norwegian perspective, and then the other one was like more Japanese, and I think they're quite quite different in a way which is quite interesting uh how people see happiness in, in different ways yeah yeah definitely I think if for me like I haven't done a lot of traveling outside of this part of the world like I've gone to Canada and I've gone to Mexico and that's pretty much it I'd like to make it out to you know Europe and Asian countries eventually and like South American countries but just hasn't happened yet anyways I digress um I think it is really interesting because whenever you are just in your little slice of the world, we don't really think about the fact that perspectives between happiness or, you know, um, achievement and success can be so different from region to region. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is really different, like, um, different ways of like seeing seeing things and also like when you're actually um working in those different environments like it's really interesting to to kind of see like how people perceive 
happiness or like I work in health and even sometimes we see like health like um, differently um, so yeah there's a lot I always think there's a lot to learn from you know just diversity like anyone who's different uh, from you like whether they're different you know like uh, from their background or socioeconomic status or like their skin color or like uh, their sexual preferences whatever like any difference like you can learn I think and and uh, a lot of times like people actually fear differences because conversations because of that like different ways of perceiving things the conversations are not always so easy but um i think that like yeah diversity should be celebrated more and it should be like a richness instead of fearing it um so that's that's like a big thing also i learned yeah through like traveling and then working in different contexts yeah i'm sure do you think that travel kind of is a avenue for people to open their eyes to those differences and maybe gain a better appreciation for people of different backgrounds? Well, I guess it depends on the kind of uh, travel that you do. Um, Because I I have like, um, I have some friends, for example, who travel like uh, I, I've been to Indonesia and um, like I, I didn't really want to go to Bali because that's I thought it's kind of overrated and I <laughs> I wanted to see the more um, the place that are less populated with like foreigners I guess um, and because you can travel in, in different ways right maybe you can go to to Indonesia but like stay in Bali in like a super fancy resort and then go on like organized uh tours and then you will never really see uh like the local culture um so i think that yeah traveling can open your eyes but like you have to to engage in in the traveling with already like kind of an open perspective and and just a willingness to learn from the the local people um and not stay in like little foreigner bubble or um that kind of thing. Not that there's anything wrong, I guess, with, uh, you know, going to resorts or things like that. Um, but just also if, if that's the aim of the travel is to learn uh, from differences, I think it's important to go about it with that open perspective. And, and yeah, like I said, the willingness to learn from um, the local people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So through all of your travels, what has been the most challenging part of, um, you know, being on the go and seeing all of these different places? Um, I think it's been like the uncertainty, uh, kind of not knowing where it's going to be the next place or not knowing how long I'm going to stay. Um, when I came back to Paris to do the master's and then I went to Thailand, uh, it was just a short term. Uh, so I was just there about like eight or nine months or something. Um, and that's kind of difficult because it's, you know, you get there not really knowing, I didn't know anyone. And then you start meeting people, but it, it does take time to make uh, deeper friendships. And um, it's kind of difficult to uh, grow those deeper friendships if you know that you're going to be leaving in in a few months or something um and also like not knowing where you're going to go next or um and and in the first phase I guess when you arrive in in new places uh and you you it's easy to meet people these days uh because of all the 
social media, we have like the events and all those kind of things. Um, but yeah, all the people you meet in the beginning might not be very deep friendships uh, because that takes time to grow, right? And um, I think it's kind of difficult sometimes when you realize that you're actually so far from all the people like that you're actually quite close with or your family or um, yeah, loved ones. Um, and I had sometimes, uh, for example, in Myanmar, like when I arrived, it was a rainy season um, and there was a lot of it, it just rains a lot and there's a lot of electric cables that are like um, hanging in the streets. Um, and it happens that sometimes because the, the storms in the rainy season, like they're quite strong. So the electric cables fall and then they're like electric cuts and uh, or power cuts. And, um, and you just find yourself in these kind of moments that are kind of scary. I guess you get used to it. But at the beginning, it's like, I mean, I haven't really experienced that from, uh, living in, in the US or in France and in Thailand, it was not uh, that intense, the rainy season. So those are kind of moments where you're like, well, I wish I had someone like that or my family or um, someone that I'm really close with uh, to just be with in that in that moment. Um, so that's been, yeah, that's, I think that's been maybe the hardest part. But after a while, you, you create those deeper friendships. But at, at the beginning, especially, it's quite difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Thanks for talking about that a little bit, because I definitely think that there's this glamorized view of travel sometimes, and um, that might not always be the reality of things. Say, like, I think it's kind of hard in this society to show your weaknesses in a way, and like feeling lonely is seen as kind of weak. So, like, that's a part that people don't really address, but it is definitely there. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of bring that stuff to light because the more we talk about that, the more people can say, oh, okay, so we are all feeling these things. We're all kind of on this journey together, or at least it that's how I feel about it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so shifting gears a little bit, um, you touched on your work and your... Um, kind of interest in social issues and bringing awareness and trying to do your part to help. So why do you think it's so important to speak out on these issues and try to do your part to help bring them to light? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, there's like throughout the world, there's a lot of inequalities, like in the uh, you can look at any indicator like health, education, like mortality rates, uh, <clears throat> like just economic um, or GDP per capita, whatever, like um, and, and different, uh, yeah, different uh, qualities of life. And, um, you know, like, I mean, more than half of the population um, does not live does not have access like to some some things that we take for granted like um you know having access to clean water or <laughs> it sounds so simple but having a roof on top of your head or um all these very basic uh things um and i think that it's important you know that to to be aware and and grateful for those those things not take them for granted um and that's what I, I kind of learned when I was growing up from my parents and my um, environment. Um, and I think that, 
if if you were born in a if you were privileged enough to born in a place where you do have access to all those things where you do have like a good health and you have access to education um you you should use that to make this world a bit better leave it a bit better than how you found it um so especially in terms of education like i guess health it's a bit more Uh, difficult, but if if you have the chance to have a good education and and just to educate yourself or have access to information, because a lot of people don't have like unlimited access to information, and that's also something we take for granted. I think that we should use that to to educate ourselves and um, and then ultimately also educate other people uh, or just incentivize other people to want to learn about those kind of issues and how they can um, contribute to to making this world a bit better or, um, you know, like there's, we think all oh, like inequality, it's a huge uh, issue or, but you can do just, yeah, just like I said, just educating yourself and then trying to also educate other people. That's the first step. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a long process, but um, yeah, I think we do what we can and, um, but it's important to do something and, and to just be aware of, of the world, like this global world, because we're global citizens. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's increasingly important. And I think it's something that we all should strive to do, you know, like look at our place in the world and see how we can use whatever privilege we have to make it a better place, even just in our own little circle. That's really amazing that you are so vocal about so many different issues and I always love to see that um from people that I'm you know following on social media and I like that you're always you know reposting stuff and I think that that is something that a lot of people especially here in the states with you know like the Black Lives Matter movement happening um that we're all kind of in that headspace of how can we help you know not only issues like that, but like global issues as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just important to kind of like be aware of those kind of things and then just educate yourself. And like you mentioned, the the topic of the Black Lives Matter, and I like I've been posting a lot on that recently. And uh, because I realize that myself, I don't have, I'm not as educated as I should be uh, in terms of in inequalities because of the Uh, color of your skin of people's skin and like even about history like um, you know I guess in in the educational system we uh, always learn a bit more about a white history and uh, there's a lot of things that are omitted and 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 we don't really talk about and a lot of uh, really important like figures that were uh, that whose skin color was black that, you know, contributed a lot to, to history and, and uh, like literature, any, any topic and that we don't really learn about very much. So I think that it's important yeah, to just kind of use your privilege to educate yourself or the opportunity that you have to, to have that kind of access to the information just to learn more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, very hopeful that that is something we're going to be seeing more and more of as you know this part of our history unfolds and I'm you know I'm happy to see so many people being vocal about it yeah and I think that I mean 
it's still a long way to, to go, um, but it seems like the people's voice in the protests were um, somewhat heard and then that there's some small steps that are um, being taken. Uh, and I hope that it continues to go that way. And uh, yeah. Me too. Me too. It's um, definitely about time that these things are addressed. So wrapping up here, I just had one more overarching question for you. And that is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, uh, the best advice I've ever received. I think, actually, yeah, it was a, I, I have a good one. It was quite a recent uh, thing that I've been told is that, um, you know, you can't control other people's attitudes or behaviors or um, words even, but uh, what you can control is how you respond to that. Um, because going back to like the, the social justice issues or inequalities, um, I personally, I've been yeah quite vocal about those kind of things. And, and sometimes I don't get the responses that I like people, you know, don't want to hear about those kind of issues or they're not interested or they think it's not none of their concern. Um, and I would tend to get frustrated, but I think that what is needed in those moments is rather a, also trying to understand the person that you're talking to and, and um, adapting your response uh, to your audience. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a good advice that you uh, can't control what other people, how other people behave, but you can only be responsible of the way you respond. Um, and that's quite important, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you have any final words, thoughts, or things you want to shout out before we sign off? Um, not specifically. Just uh, continue on educating yourselves if you have the chance to on all of the topics in the world. <laughs> just reading the news. Uh, just, yeah, um, looking up a bit more when there's some issues, specific issues of interest, for example. I don't know. And then, you know, yeah, trying to learn a bit what, every each and every one of you can do uh to make this world a little bit better it doesn't have to be like huge steps but yeah what kind of small things you can incorporate in your daily life to um kind of make this world a better place i think that's my final uh message kind of goes with the theme of our discussion and um also to thank you selena it was great to talk with you and um it's really cool to be on a podcast actually i've never uh only listened to podcasts never been on podcasts so it's been really fun yeah thank you so much for um spending some time chatting with me about this i really enjoyed it thank you so much for listening to another episode of stories from planet earth if you have some time leave us a review and be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts Find us on Instagram at SFPE Podcasts. I'll talk to you next week. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. 
the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. When you place a wager with William Hill Sportsbook, every sports moment becomes even more interesting. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill mobile app. And when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Must be present in Virginia. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting. With William Hill Sportsbook.